You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, y'all. January 28th, 2022. Uh, Today, we're just going to be doing some house cleaning stuff, updates within the organization, uh, some quotes that were made, etc. Just really all of the last probably week's worth of uh, the little bit of Tigers news we have. You know, we're at a a situation with the lockout and everything where um, none of the these small stories are, are enough to have a show on its own or hold enough legs and give enough content to have an entire show by themselves. But if you let them accumulate, wait till the end of the week, you can do kind of like a end of the week recap type of situation. And that's what we're going to do today. And and if we have time at the end, we might even do a, a throwback Thursday on a Friday, which hopefully we come up with some actual alliteration in a, in a, okay, we'll think about that later. Anyway, thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. I'm going to start off with some comments made by Jackson Job saying he's really just uh, saying all the right things. I mean, just saying that he's itching to get back out there. He's super, super pumped uh, to, to pitch again and, and reminding people that he has not, not faced live hitters since he was in high school. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when when minicamp starts, hopefully relatively soon, that will be the first time that he has faced live in-game competition and 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 in-game hitting. Uh, literally since he was in high school, he did not pitch against uh, anyone after drafted. He didn't go to the rookie league or or anything after he was drafted. So uh, it's it's been a minute. It's going to be like almost a calendar year in between him facing live competition and and that's not something that's like a big negative or something that people should be freaking out about or think that it's going to hurt his development or whatnot the kids 18 19 man like he's he's the they're, they're prioritizing his arm health significantly more than they are pushing him through and and seeing you know starting his pro journey to to get him to the majors as quick as possible they're going to prioritize his health and honestly, it also might mean, because he's definitely been on a throwing uh, schedule and, and, and training schedule and such. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? A, a throwing, um, not schedule. I, my mind is mush today, man. I, I, the word's going to come to me at like 2 a.m. And I'm just going to tweet it out with no context. And if you listen to the show, then you'll get it. Um, the uh, So he, he's... You know, they're, they're trying to build up his arm strength and, and trying to m- make him be able to stretch out innings more. And, and really the biggest thing is for most of these guys, you know, we've talked about this with Casey Mize and Scooble last year. Uh, the biggest adjustment when getting to the majors, especially for pitchers, uh, is just an 162-game season. <laughs> I mean, the, the, there is... Something to be said for for dominating or doing really, really well in a length of time that you're used to. And then, you know, by your 25th, 27th, 30th start, uh, 
you, you start to slow down a little bit. And that's why we saw the innings limits put on Tarek Skubal. And then we saw the, the massive uh, restraints that were put on Mize in, in what, July, I think is the month. And then again in September at the end of the season. Um, the, these guys have to be stretched out and their bodies have to slowly progress and slowly get used to the grind of a full Major League Baseball season because no other season, any level of the minors or college or in Job's case, high school, is even remotely close to the length of a full Major League Baseball season. So that's the biggest thing. I, I just don't want there to be this like narrative that, oh, you know, a year off is somehow bad for him because it's absolutely not. He's He's been on a, on a schedule. Man, what is the word? A training? This is so dumb. Why can't I think of this stupid word? Training? Not regimen. Uh, uh, I feel like it starts with a P. Program. Boom. Nailed it. Wow. That was that was electric content right there. That was phenomenal. If that doesn't if that doesn't get the blood pumping for you, if that doesn't rile you up. I don't know what does. Let's go, baby. A tr- I knew it started with a P too. That's so wild. I I, I knew it started with a P, and I was like pop p. I I knew it. Oh, I'm, I'm hype. I've now spent a minute talking about how I, I got a word right that was in my own head. Program. He's been on a training and a throwing program, uh, and, and it's with the best of intentions. It, it's probably the best thing. A lot of high school pitchers especially do the same thing. Not very many are just thrown into the fire. We've seen a lot of college pitchers that don't just go from that and, and straight come over and go straight into the rookie league. So it's good for them. It's, I mean, there's plenty of college pitchers we drafted last year that didn't pitch at, at any level in the organization. So it's good for them. Everything's good. It's not a bad thing at all. Everything's fine. And it's good to hear that that he wants to get back out there. And I know, like, what else is he going to say? Like, I, I, I get it. And, it, and it's it's the right thing to say, and, and that that's great. Um, but you know, it doesn't hurt either. I, I, I like a little bulldog in a pitcher, man. And, uh, he, he's really seems genuinely excited to, to get out there and, and actually face hitting. I'm excited for him. For those who, who, who must've forgot or might've forgot, um, his senior year of high school, he had a 0.14 ERA, went nine and zero in 52 innings, gave up one earned run, one. One earned run, 122 strikeouts. You know, some people would say that's not bad. There are some people out there that might think that's decent. Unbelievable. How many walks did he have? Base on balls against. Oh, zero? That's fun. Yeah, no, he he, he was ridiculous. In, uh, in, in, in the season that was his high school's league, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable everywhere, but that those are just the stats that I was reading. So, Jackson Joe pumped to get out there. We're all pumped for him to get out there. Uh, the next question is really just where does he start? And I th- part of that will will depend on camp for sure. And he won't start any higher than than high single A. Not a chance. I I think I don't know, man. Like I I could really I could see him starting off in uh, in in Lakeland right away. I don't think it's too insanely far-fetched that he starts off in West Michigan either. Like, I don't think that's completely out of the question. 
some will have to do with with camp and and you know obviously and and just how he he performs in camp and uh, a lot of it will be coaches feel and I I think honestly a majority of it might just be like I said with the training and and the throwing program haha <laughs> um just how comfortable they are with with him pitching deeper into games I feel like if they want to start him off you know on just like three or four innings then they'll probably keep him in low way so he's facing the, the the lowest level of of competition there um but I mean you know there, there's rookie league we got you know short season stuff there, there's you know we're he we got options all right we, we Harlow said we got options all right uh, but but I, I think the debate really would be between Lakeland and West Michigan. And, and I think, man, it, the safe bet is Lakeland, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the safe bet. But I, I don't think it's too far-fetched uh, for him to start off in West Michigan. He won't go any higher than that. Absolutely not. But I, I don't think it's that ridiculous or that far out of the picture or out of question, I guess I should say. All right. We'll get into the rest of our housekeeping stuff, but first, I got to tell y'all about Built Bar. That's right, baby. Our best friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or even taste like chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but at some point it just gets so boring. You're like, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, baby. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, the ones at home, the pantry, the office, the car, wherever. Throw them all out. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats in there. Just dish them all and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Getting into just some housekeeping stuff, uh, the, the news in and around the Tigers organization over the last week or so. Uh, because that's, yeah, like little, maybe that'll be Friday shows. If there's enough to, to fill on a show, we can just do like a weekly recap because there's, there's nothing until this lockout ends. There's not going to be anything that that's going to be enough to, to fill an entire half hour show, but, uh, there, there might be, you know, enough in a, in a week or, or, or a week and a half's work worth, worth of stuff to fill up a show. So that's just what we're doing today. Just some housekeeping stuff. A nice little, nice little chillaxed episode. Uh, the other news within the organization 
the Detroit Tigers promote Gary Jones to first base coach and bring back in Lloyd McClendon, baby, uh, to be the manager of the Toledo Mudheads. Lloyd McClendon, man, this is is this his third stint with the Tigers? He came over with Leland because him and Leland were together in Pittsburgh and, and have always been buddies. So he came over then. So that was, the, you know, he was here for a minute. Then he left, managed, what, Seattle. Then he came back during the Guardy regime because when Guardy retired early, he was the, the manager for the last, like, four or five games of that season in 2020. Then left again, and now he's back. I believe this is three. By my calculations, this is three. But if you told me four, there was a little in and out somewhere during the Leland era, I'd believe that too, besides the Seattle manager position. I think it's three, though. That that's that's my that I, I it's this is would take like five seconds to Google, but I'm I'm too proud for that. I think it's three. I think it's three. Uh, but Lloyd coming back, you know, has exp- you know what twenty five years of coaching experience, has plenty of managerial experience. Uh, as I said earlier, the Mariners. Uh, the Tigers even for a few games. Uh, also, you know, whenever Leland got tossed, like also that was, that was Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd or Gene Lamont. Um, and then the Pirates was there for a, for a little bit. So, uh, and minor league managing experience, minor league coaching experience. He's a baseball dude through and through. So uh, you, you can't really go wrong with bringing him in at, at something of that level. I'm, I'd be okay if... if uh, if Lloyd wasn't a, a, a major league manager, really ever again, I think I'm 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 okay with that. Uh, like I, you know, no disrespect him at all, but I, I'm really really happy with the coaching staff all throughout at every position at the major league level. So I, I think this is a good fit. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. This is uh, this is fine for me. And Gary Jones was brought in to be the manager of the Toledo Mudhens, and then. With the unbelievably sad passing of Camara Barty, um, that left a hole at first base coach. So Gary Jones will be brought in to be the first base coach of the Detroit Tigers. Gary Jones himself also has tons of experience uh, coaching, was on the, the, the Cubs teams that made the playoffs and won the World Series, uh, has been on a few other teams. So uh, can't go wrong with that either. Sounds like a like a pretty good man for the job. And really, at the end of the day, like you just kind of look around and and for those who don't know, I'm also a host over at Locked On Red Wings. And Steve Eiserman's the only general manager in this city that whenever he does anything, you just kind of look around and you're like, all right, well, I don't really understand that. And if it was anybody else, I probably wouldn't agree with it. But you're Steve Eiserman, and I have full blind faith in you, good or bad. So, sure, <laughs> I can support this. I can get down with that. And AJ Hinch has very much uh, proven enough to me to to also get that treatment. Uh, if whatever AJ Hinch does, whoever he decides he wants to bring in, yeah, I, I trust it, baby. <laughs> Fine by me. So. 
AJ Hinch hired you? Well, sounds like you're the best first page goes in baseball in my eyes. <laughs> like I, I mean, truly, I, that's that's the the status that we should all honestly have towards AJ Hinch, and and uh, so I, I I'm totally fine with it. Everybody should be fine with it. At the end of the day, it's just a first base coach, uh, unless you're Gene Lamont at third. Base coaches usually can't really affect too terribly much, um, but uh, Gene Lamont did prove that they actually can prove uh or can change quite a lot gene oh my goodness gene lamont man that dude i miss him at the same time though you know like i i I miss just looking over there and just seeing seeing big gene man i i miss that i don't miss his third base coaching ability though but i do i i miss him though man what is that gene lamont love that dude to death all right the other thing I wanted to talk about were Casey Mize's comments recently. Uh, Casey Mize had sat down for a quick little kind of Zoom presser type thing uh, where they just talked about his offseason and, and all that kind of stuff. And essentially, he, he said a lot of stuff, you know, talked about what he's been doing with his offseason, his, his, his programs, uh, all that good stuff, normal kind of lighthearted um, questions and answers. But then he was asked about the team's competitiveness next year. And his response was basically, look around the clubhouse, look around, the, look up and down the roster. And there's no way you're going to convince Casey Mize that this is not a, a playoff team. He said, he, I mean, he literally said the playoffs are too low of a bar now, basically. And that his exact quote is, we should be aiming to win a World Series from here on out. Unbelievable. Like, that 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 riles you up, right? Not as much as me remembering what the word program is, but it riles you up. I mean, that that's exciting, man, for real. The, to have such a, a, a young player, you know, a former 1-1 pick, and, and he's still so young, and this is only going to be his second full season. And just already having him lead a charge like that. And, and be a, a, a team leader, clearly. I mean, he literally looked around. He's like, what are we talking about here? Playoffs? Playoffs? And not in, not in that regard, right? Not, not playoffs in the, in the original playoffs, the OG interview, where, where it, was, it was negative connotation of like, hey, like, why are we just saying, you know, we're not even going to get to the playoffs. Casey Mize is going playoffs, playoffs, because that, that's too low of a bar for him. He's like, yeah, playoffs should be the expectation. World Series should now be the goal. We you know, talked about how we have enough talent on this roster to be able to do that and to be able to have those expectations, and nobody else on that team should want anything less. And that's awesome, baby. Inject that straight into my veins. That is phenomenal. That riles you up. Gets the blood pumping. So those are really the big stories of the week in and around your Detroit Tigers organization. Uh, we do have time for another segment, so we are going to throw in a little throwback Thursday on a Friday. Uh, hopefully, it, while I'm, I'm giving you this ad, we can uh, uh, some alliteration for Friday and throwback that, that starts with the letter F will pop into my head. Meanwhile, though, I do have to tell you about betonline.ag. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scores totals player performances 
props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code locked on to get started. It's not just football either. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. We're going to do a throwback Thursday on a Friday. Just have some fun. Um, okay, I, I'm i not sure I can think of a f- Friday, fr- far, far, okay, welcome to Far Back Friday, everyone. Look at that. I thought of that on the spot. That that is that more impressive than remembering the word program? It definitely is. The program thing's actually pretty embarrassing. Okay, so just for those who who are maybe new listeners or picked us up in the off season or whatnot, um, it, during the season every Thursday, the final segment we would do Throwback Thursday, and we would go through and I would give hints on a former Detroit Tiger, and then at the very end, if I don't accidentally say their name during it, which I have been known to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really a wreck sometimes, then you just play along at home while you're listening and try to guess who it is by the end of the show. And then I give you the name at the very end and then I let you on your day. All right. So I got a really fun one. This is a, this is a really fun one for me. A, a big name. Uh, yeah, a pretty big name pitcher, uh, especially in the 1990s. Okay. His Tigers career was only two and a half seasons. He played for the Tigers from 1993 and was traded at the deadline in 1995. The Tigers would get three players that uh, really amounted to nothing in return for this man. Uh, Mark Lewis, who played one year for the Tigers and was okay. I guess CJ Nikowski, who was on the Tigers for a few years, but had like a five something ERA. Uh, and then David Tuttle, who, uh, never even made the major leagues. If you don't know who David Tuttle is, don't, uh, unless you know, mid nineties, high single a baseball, I, I, I wouldn't expect you to. Okay. So didn't get a whole lot in return for him. But that wasn't because he wasn't talented. In my eyes, this is a guy that should have gotten... I sound like Chris Collinsworth there. This is a guy who uh, who honestly should have gotten a lot longer of a look at the Hall of Fame. I mean, his career numbers are, are very, very good. 239 career wins to 157 career losses. A 4-1-3 career ERA. That's across 21 years and was a starter for... Uh, all of it, I guess, at the very beginning when he first got called up, he was uh, out of the bullpen. But besides that, though, the rest of his career, uh, I mean, 660 games played and 489 of them were as a starter. Um, he, well, we'll save that one till the end. He was a three-time All-Star, a two-time World Series winner, a one-time ALCS Most Valuable Player. 
was drafted in 1982 in the second round straight out of high school. Um, has a, a really pretty inspiring uh, childhood story raised by a single mother with several siblings. Uh, his single mom would, would work and work and work. And baseball was his uh, was his escape, and then he was able to get drafted straight out of high school, and uh, and and he took it and ran and never looked back. And uh, he's written a book, super inspiring stuff there. Um, so, how many teams did he play for? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, nine. He he had two stints with the same team, so nine different teams in his. 21 year career career war of 53 and a half according to baseball reference which again I I think he uh he, he spent one year on the ballot and it was in oh boy 2013 I want to say and he got less than one percent of the vote you vote you need at least five percent of the vote to stay on the ballot so he was uh, he was pretty quickly removed war number 33 for most teams he played for but also rocked. Uh, I mean, 16 at one point, 36 at one point, 3, 21. Uh, but 33 was the number he tried to wear the most often. However, in Detroit, he would wear number 16. And that is the only time... Oh, he wore number 16 at the very end of his career when he was in his early 40s, in the mid-2000s, I guess. But like I said, for the most part there, most people remember him as number 33. Uh, but for his Tigers career... He would wear number 16. Okay, now we'll start getting into some of the clues, I guess, that that might help give it away a little bit more. Was drafted by and made his MLB debut for the Toronto Blue Jays in 1987, was when the year he made his debut. Would go back to the Blue Jays in 1999 and 2000, so ended up playing a, a few years there. Would also have two separate stints with the New York Yankees. 1997 and 98, as well as 2002 to 2003, and with the Yankees, accomplished one of the greatest feats a pitcher can possibly accomplish, pitching a perfect game on May 17th, 1998. So that narrows it down a lot. Not too many people have done that. Narrows it down quite a bit. I feel like most people probably have a decent idea of who I'm talking about at this point. Led the American League in wins in 2000. Like I said earlier, won the ALCS MVP. That was in 1998. Won two World Series. One in 1992 with the Toronto Blue Jays. One in 1998 with the New York Yankees. His three All-Star appearances were in 1995, 1998, and in the year 2000. He would retire in 2007 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The big lefty, Boomer. Everybody knows Boomer, baby. Boomer Wells. David Wells is the answer to this week's Far Back Friday. <laughs> I'm just going to do it on random days of the week now just so I can put myself in situations where I where I am forced to think of uh, names with alliteration to, to, for, for this segment. But David Wells, man, what a, uh, what a story. What, what, a, what a career, what a story. He's now broadcasting a little bit. Um, everybody loves David Wells, man. Tied with Kenny Lofton, by the way. Playoff appearances with the most different teams, with six. 
made six postseasons. Well, made the postseason with six different teams, which, like I said, ties uh, ties Kenny Lofton. Pretty pretty unbelievable career, and, I, and a guy that I I truly think deserves a little bit more look or deserved, I should say, a little bit harder of a look at the Hall of Fame. Really impressive career numbers. The ERA might be a tad high, but it's certainly not bad. Um, third place for Cy Young twice, I guess. Maybe you 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 want a little bit of a higher peak, but was leading the league in walk per nine pretty consistently. Uh, solid strikeout numbers for for a little bit, especially earlier in his career. Um, the, the the big lefty, the big boy lefty, uh, David Wells was the man. So that's the answer to today's Far Back Friday. Thank you guys for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Go check out Locked On Bets, free and available on all platforms, just like us. We will be back next week, as always. Same time, same place, baby. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope, but I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers.